0: This is the Matt Beck Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Matt Beck Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about all kinds of fun stuff. So, I appreciate everyone that's joining me live on YouTube. Um, I have like I have a content schedule that we're going to be work. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, I put out a content schedule. Uh, last week and I really want to stick to it. So the way this schedule is gonna work uh, I'll just fill you guys in those that are watching. Um, I could see you guys in the chat on YouTube but Monday is gonna be a live uh, live day for this podcast. Um, I'm gonna have guests I'm gonna have just talk about my thoughts. Um, I've put it out on iTunes now for a couple weeks and uh, I'm really enjoying doing this podcast and it's really just a way for me to quickly put out some thoughts. I'm trying to do it daily. Uh, But what I've decided is that I don't want to bombard you guys with a daily live podcast on YouTube because I think it's too much. Um, So I'm trying to reorganize my studio, put everything together so that I can just jump on here every Monday, talk to you guys. And then Tuesdays are going to be a tutorial day. So I'm going to put out some kind of tutorial. It'll feature um, somebody from the FSE team or me, uh, really just whatever video we create. And then Wednesday is going to be our live Splitting Hairs podcast, which we do every week uh, on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. right here on YouTube. And then also uh, Thursday will be my vlog. So those of you guys that are used to my vlog, like watching my hair cutting videos, color videos, everything, um, I love doing that. So I want to make sure I do that once a week. So that's going to be at least every Thursday, if not more often. And then Fridays, I decided I want to do a um, like a product unboxing. So I've got a lot of companies that send me stuff. You can actually see if you're watching live on YouTube, I'm trying to organize everything. But uh, we have a lot of companies that send me products, also companies that sponsor Free Salon Education. That's the reason that it's free. Um, So I want to do some unboxing videos. Now, the thing with that, I want to talk to you guys just real quick and, and let you know that anything that I unbox on Fridays for those videos is either gonna be something that I really love, it will never be, even if it's a paid for video, I don't accept money from people unless I really like the product. So um, so with that being said, there are companies out there that may sponsor free salon Education and sometimes I don't like their product so I don't do a video on that product. It's just the way that it is. Um, so I just want you guys to know that whether it's a paid video or not, I'm not putting it out if I don't really like it. Uh, it's just not something that I like to do. Uh, tons of people on here, so really appreciate you guys jumping on here live. So remember, every Monday, I'll try to put out in advance the time that I'm going to be live, and then uh, you guys can jump on here, talk to me, uh, and whatever. So today's show, what we're going to be talking about is uh, my favorite apps for editing photos. That's going to be kind of a quick segment because I probably should make a video on that as opposed to an audio podcast. But um, I want to talk about my favorite apps so you guys can get a look at them. And then I'll make a video coming up that actually shows how the app works. And then, um, how much you should charge for a haircut—that's been a big question uh, out there. So I want to go over my thoughts on how you should charge for a haircut, and also um, maybe a little bit on how we pay people at the salon, because then there's questions about uh, from a couple of people on Instagram about uh, booth rental. And product costs and all that stuff so uh, we got a lot to talk about in this little short segment that I'm gonna do so why don't we get uh, get started so the first question or the first thing I want to talk about is my favorite apps on iPhone that's what I use Um, I don't always edit everything on my phone so I think that that's one of the biggest things uh, for you guys to know obviously there are people out there that only use their phone to edit things but I really think um, some of the really professional-looking photos are not just being done on a phone. Uh, so that's the first thing. The other secret is the ring light. So if you guys, uh, those of you that are watching live, I'll stand up. There's a ring light on uh, in my studio. So I don't know if you can see it, but um, I have a ring light. The ring light, even when I'm doing video, is a key thing. I've got all this expensive lighting hanging up on the ceiling, all of that, but it really comes down to the ring light, wrapping the light around the head uh, for a beauty shot or for a tutorial or anything like that. I love the ring light. So I use the Diva ring light uh, to get a good photo. Then once you have a good photo, you can really alter things using, um, uh, basically using an app on your phone. So my number one app for editing photos is Lightroom. Um, It looks like this, it's created by Adobe. So, I don't know if you guys can see this, but it's the LR app. Look up Lightroom on iTunes. You can get it on Android as well. Um, but that is one of my favorite apps. The reason I really like that app is because of the fact that um, it, it's a, a professional editing tool. So, I use Lightroom on my computer. Um, but Lightroom for your phone has all the same tools, it's just in a phone version. So, it, it acts a lot like Instagram. So, being able to kind of add filters to it or tweak the coloring, different things like that. Um, but it's it's a little more detailed. So those of you that like editing on Instagram, like changing some of the details up, not just using the custom filters that they have. Lightroom is really cool because I think it's free. If it's not free, it might be $10 a month. Um, but then that allows you to use it on your computer as well. and uh, And it's a really cool app. So that one is my favorite there. Now, the next one that I love to use is called Word. Uh, wait, what is it called Word Swag? Um, that's not for editing photos, but adding any text over photos. I love using Word Swag; it's one of my favorites. Um, and they keep updating it all the time, so you get all kinds of different um, different fonts and different things. So, if you want to write over a photo, or if you want to create your little tag. Um, a lot of people like to put their name on the photo so it doesn't get taken. Um, that's a good app for that. So it's called Word Swag, W S A G. Um, and then the last one, and I know that a lot of our staff uses, um, is called Facetune. And I'm actually going to bring that up on an upcoming Splitting Hairs podcast because I don't use Facetune, but I know that they're obsessed with it. So any of you guys out there that use it, I would love to uh, hear your thoughts on it as well. Let's see. Kristen Collins says that they use softboxes. Um, softboxes are great. It's kind of like what I have up in the studio on the ceiling. The The thing with softboxes is you kind of need about four of them uh, to get the same kind of lighting effect. Because you get the face, and then you need one over the head, and then you need one kind of from the side. Um, and then, honestly, one kind of shooting up from behind. I like that as well. So, to me, I think that the ring light kind of solves all of those problems and you can create a lot of cool things. Also, this is only for those of you guys that are watching, but if you look at this photo right here, this is of my niece, Carly. Uh, she got her hair colored, Christina colored it, and we um, I went in and just had some fun with it. I didn't post it because I don't really believe in when you tweak a photo too much, it should be put out there, but this is what a lot of people do. And when you look at how the photo looks after I edit it in Lightroom, You can see, and this is kind of, I just wanted to show this to you guys as an example, how much you can alter somebody's color from that to that. So those of you guys that listen on iTunes, go to YouTube, you can see what I'm talking about. But it really is insane the difference that you can create uh, just with an app, Um, and that's just a ring light shot in the dark. So um, that goes to show uh, how much that works. So... Uh, Jonathan says Facetune is the best, um, and Brian Hare, there you go, uh, says that Facetune, he's obsessed with Facetune. That's how I know about it is through Brian. So we'll talk about it on Splitting Hairs coming up. Like I said, I don't use it, but I know that it's a pretty popular one. All right, cool. So, and then the other thing, um, just to kind of answer a couple people's questions, when I tweaked uh, Carly's photo made it from this, whoops, wrong one, from this to this, um, it's a lot with contrast. It's, I mean, you're altering the color, you're adding a lot of blacks to it. So when you bring in the depth, it takes the background that you see all the way around the head. So it's got a nice kind of grayish background currently. And then when you drop the blacks down, it blackens out the whole background and then you pop up the clarity and the contrast and it gives you that pop of color. Now, unfortunately, that's not what her hair looks like, so um, so it's not really a truthful picture, but the other thing is a lot of people are posting stuff like this on Instagram, so um, it's kind of a, a lose-lose situation for people out there trying to uh, put out good work on the internet. All right, now I'd love to see in the comments what is your guys' favorite uh apps for editing photos. i love to hear that. Also, the cool thing about YouTube now is that with the live videos, um, you'll be able to see the chat on the side. Uh, they, they never used to show that before, but now they're showing it. So uh, those of you guys, I can go back and look at what your favorite apps are on there. Now, the next uh, subject I want to talk about is how much you should charge for a haircut. Now, this is something that... Um, my story with this is... When I first started doing hair about 14 years ago, I came. I moved to New Hope, moved a thousand miles from where I grew up, and I decided to. Uh, I got a job in New Hope, uh, PA, and the challenge was. I started off with a really cheap haircut. I was doing all. It was. Uh, I was doing all kinds of uh, different promotions, different things. So I was probably doing about a forty dollar haircut when I first started out, and my boss was a nice guy and you know and I would ask for a raise and I would ask for higher prices and and a lot of times he would give it to me and I was working hard and um so within the first year or year and a half he raised my prices I got them all the way up to $75 for a haircut now the challenge with uh raising your prices that fast within a short amount of time is that you haven't really built up your clientele yet so now I found myself trying to get a new clientele at, a, at one of the highest priced haircuts in the town. So you really got to make sure you're focused on your reputation. And uh, when people talk about how much should I charge for a haircut, well, I think you should charge whatever is, makes sense in your town to get people in your chair. Then as you get people in your chair and you get more and more busy, then you decide, should I raise my prices to open up my book more? um, too often we're raising our prices just to get money quick. And I think that that's, you know, how we are in life in general is that, and I'm an impatient person is you want so much, you want it to happen fast. And now I'm learning in my life later that, uh, you know, it really, things that come fast don't last. Right. So, um, so I'm trying to, to make those adjustments in my life as well, but it's the same thing with haircut prices, color prices, uh, salon prices in general. You cannot uh, raise them too quick when you don't have the clientele to support it. So make sure that when you're working in the salon, until you're really busy turning down clients, you should not raise your prices. Now, if you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out what price you should do, uh, this is something that Robert Cromine said a long time ago. I listened to it on his CD. Um, you know, he was saying, a lot of people that go to find a new or want to pick out their uh, haircut price in their salon, they call all the salons in town and they figure out, well, this one's $40, this one's $80, so maybe I'll just go in between and do $60 haircut. Uh, and that's not, like, that's not what you're wanting to do. You're not trying to be an average haircutter. You're not trying to average out everyone. What you want to do is just start off and be whatever you think you're worth, whatever you think will get people in the door, which is usually maybe in that $40 range, and blow people away. And then as you're blowing people away and getting them excited about your place and, and the pricing and all of that, then you raise it a little bit. You're gonna lose some people and you're gonna gain some new people that have been waiting to get in to, uh, to have you cut their hair. Then you start to grow your clientele and all of that. So just really focus on uh, slow growth Um, Because that's what's going to sustain you uh, in the salon business. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to read everybody's questions here. So it's really cool all these people on. Uh, Do you teach private classes? I do not teach private classes. um, And there's a big story behind that, but I don't... um, it's just at this point, I love teaching on the internet. I feel like I can reach more people. So, um, And I'm usually in here trying to organize or create or whatever. So it's just hard for me to take time out of the schedule to, uh, to do a private class. But we do have hands-on classes. I have one coming up in May uh, May 7th and also in June, uh, I think June 6th. Uh, I'm doing a hands-on class here in New Hope as well. So uh, any of you guys that want to get a ticket to that, you can get that on freesoneducation.com. Um, Brian Hoke says, just give me a shout out. Brian Hoke, here's your shout out. I think it's Hoke, maybe Hokey. Um, all right. Last, let's just get into, I'm going to get into the questions that I got over Instagram. So first one is from Jenny Ford. She says, what do you think about the recent influx in um, salon suites available for stylists? It seems like everywhere you turn, there's a new JC salon, uh, Lennox salon, et cetera, opening up do you think these rental spaces are a better alternative for stylists than renting a booth? So, um, here's the big thing, uh, with booth rental and salon suite. I, I have nothing against salon suites whatsoever. I actually don't love booth rental for the fact that, um, I don't think if you're trying to pay for your own thing, um, and you're in a booth, it's right next to somebody else's. I don't even know why they call it a booth. It's just chair rental. But if you're renting a chair next to somebody else renting a chair, I would want to control that environment. So the reason I like salon suites better is if you really want to work on your own, uh, and you feel confident about it, then you should be able to create that environment. And in a suite, you can do that. Um, you can kind of create your own feeling. Um, in booth rental, I think it's just a confusing thing. And, um, I, I've never done either one. So I don't have like, uh, anything to really back up my, except for it's my opinion. But, um, when you ask my opinion, I think that salon suite rental makes more sense than booth rental, but nothing. Um, if you can be around people that inspire you, I don't think there's anything better than that. So I really suggest, um, working, with people I also will tell you that I have been a salon owner now for 10 years and um having your own thing is is fine um but when I was a, a stylist before I made a great paycheck didn't have to worry about a lot of stuff did a lot of education uh was trying was traveling um I didn't have anything to worry about when you start owning something and this is for people that maybe want to be an, a salon owner um it, when you take that on, it was three years of uh, just trying to pay bills um, and trying to get people inspired and trying to uh, and kind of letting go of a lot of things that you uh, wanted to do with your career. So uh, I think when you're a salon owner, it's hard to not be all in. Um, so th- the thing with me is I'm, I'm kind of, I'm so scattered uh, between here and, and free salon education. That's why we put it in the same building, but um But I'm obsessed with the hair industry. So um, it kind of works. Uh, But I would still say that there are struggles because of the fact that, you know, if you want something in your career and you're going for it, but you're trying to inspire other people at the same time to want things as much as you want them or whatever, vice versa, um, it's just it's a tough thing. So I think a salon suite, if you want to work by yourself, I think you should work by yourself. And I think the suite is the best deal. Booth rental to me is is uh, it's a different environment because it's a bunch of people renting a chair but surrounded by each other. I just don't know how that possibly works, and I'm sure it does work in some places, but I'm sure in others it's a struggle. So uh, that's that's all I can really say about that. Now, uh, Mana Styles says on inst- or asked on Instagram. Now, not sure if you answered this before. However, what hair colors for starting up a color bar? Do you recommend a stylist that's going to do booth rentals slash salon suite? Uh, Should have. Hope that made sense. Um, Okay, so basically, what colors for starting up a color bar do you recommend a a stylist that's going to do booth rental? So (coughs) that's the thing as well. Um, In a suite, you have your own space and you have your own stuff, right? In booth rental, you probably have your own stuff, but I'm sure it's a much more guarded situation because you have a bunch of people around you uh, that probably want to use that stuff as well. Uh, So If I was going to start a salon suite, I would look for an intro kit uh, from a color company. So like at our salon, we use Paul Mitchell, we use Joico. Um, We just brought on the the Color XG for Paul Mitchell, uh, which is their new color line. And anytime I bring on something like that, I just look for an intro kit to get started. And then I start finding the gaps because the thing with especially when I started the salon, like we didn't have enough money to buy every single color and lots of it. And and still at this point, when you look at budgets and everything with the money that comes in from a salon what the salon's bringing in and what, um, color costs, it's, it's tough to get everything all the time. So I think, um, your best bet is to find an intro kit that fits your budget. Uh, that will have a good variety of everything. Then build from there and decide what you use, what you don't use. Um, and still to this day, and, and a lot of people don't understand it, but we look at our color and it is, we fi- figure out what we need, uh, what we are using more of at that point, And we place it, uh, you know, week by week. We're not on a system that's like, uh, you know, we always have six of this. We always have whatever. It just doesn't. It's never worked for us as a salon. So I think you just have to figure out what fits you. But um, start off, I think, intro kit and then build from there. All right. Here's uh, Tamika on YouTube says, what is salon suite is like commission example Regis. Okay, so um, so here's the thing. Uh, Tamika, I think that... Uh, salon suite is, is basically, if all, any of you guys aren't familiar with what that is, um, a salon suite is now a building where they subdivide into little suites, one-chair salons. So they build it, and then they have a receptionist that runs the front desk most of the time uh, that kind of runs everything, but then you can come and go as you want, and you have your own suite that you rent um it's blown up it's it's kind of the alternative to booth rental because like in places like PA where we are um you cannot do booth rental um it's not legal so uh salon suites are because it's basically you renting your own salon space um so that's really what it is and uh again i don't have an opinion either way i really think hairdressers Um, it is great that everybody has the internet now to keep inspired, but I think being around other hairdressers, sharing ideas is always the best way to go for me. Um, all right, cool. Here's a good question. Uh, Solomon, Stefania, I'm not sure. Hopefully I didn't butcher that. Uh, how can I make my boss invest in more quality products? she has no more interest in what's new. So (laughs) I, I I can't speak for your boss, um, or what your boss is like. I know a lot of people struggle with the way their boss is. I, um, again, when we talk about budgets, uh, speaking from a salon owner standpoint, sometimes it's hard to always bring in new stuff. Obviously, uh, with free salon education, we're getting new stuff all the time and trying out new products, new tools, all of that. But um, even before we had free salon education, um, I think it's always important. If you think about, um, and this is really you know how to get your boss to do it, but um, the first thing I think of as a salon owner is uh, I like to, when the new thing comes in, let's say it's a new product, a new tool, whatever it is your stylists use it. They're inspired and they they want to try it. They want to sell it, all of this stuff, right? So the new product is always the new thing, the new hot thing in the salon. It gets sold, it sells out, and then all of a sudden we can't live without that new product and we've got all these old products sitting on the shelf um, that don't go anywhere. So um, I think a cool thing, and this is just a thought off the top of my head, but if you're trying to... Um, get something new in there i think you should maybe make a deal with your current boss and say you know this hasn't really been selling what if you know what if we either put that on a discount and we'll work towards selling it or some kind of promotion not necessarily a discount Uh, sell something that hasn't been going on the shelf to make money to fund the new product that you want to try Um, I think that that's always a good thing because anytime somebody just says, I want something new, I want something new, but they don't really want to do what the tough work of selling what isn't new. Um, I think that that's just tough in the, in the salon. And as a salon owner, you're like, well, if I bring in something new, is it going to be the same situation six months from now when it's not new anymore? And then there's another new thing. Um, are we not going to sell the new thing anymore? So I would say make a deal. And I think any owner, and if they don't, I think it's silly, but any owner would love to hear uh, an idea of how to sell current inventory to fund something new. Um, bring an idea to the table that is not just spending money, but is showing them how we can make money and then purchase something else. I think that that's the best way to go. Um, it's always better to bring a solution to the problem uh, as opposed to just bringing the problem and looking for a solution. Uh, I, and that just works for me. Okay. One more question uh, just cause there's a lot of people online. That's really great. Uh, Kristen says, do you have any suggestions for properly scheduling clients? We have issues with either too much time being given or things being smashed in together. So this is something that, you know, I'm constantly looking at in our salon as well. I'm not always making adjustments to it because I do allow the freedom of, uh, our stylists to kind of book in their comfortable, uh, time zones. But as we look at it, uh, and as we get further into and busier, um, that becomes a challenge because people will book out a lot of time for something. And then when that client cancels, it ruins almost the whole day. So, um, I think that, you should really focus on your time. So a lot of people don't even know how long it takes them to do certain things. Maybe make out a schedule. Um, I just sat down with Thad because we were working with, uh, in the parlor, and uh, which is our barbershop that we have in the salon. And it's branded differently and we're working towards uh, timing and pricing and all this different stuff for mail services in there. And what I had him do is go through and just put, write down how much time it took him to do everything. And I know our staff did the same thing uh, when we hired our receptionist. They wrote down each of them, how long it took them to do it. And and our receptionist had a piece of paper so she could reference it when somebody called in to book. Um, And then I had that paper from Thad for the parlor room and I knew how long each service was. So I knew how much we should charge for each service. And uh, that just seems to work out the best. So... I would say write down the times. Have everybody on the team write them down. Your computer software should be able to customize the times for each stylist. If it can't, uh, check out Millennium uh, software because that's what we use, and and it definitely customizes every single person uh, on there. So that's what I would say. Have everybody write down their times. Put together uh, what it is. Don't make everybody. Don't make it generic. Don't make it an hour and a half. I take an hour and a half to do a touch-up uh, and haircut. And a lot of my staff take two hours to do a touch up and haircut or, um, some kind of color and cut could take two and a half hours. I pretty much take an hour and a half to two hours max on almost everyone. So timing's just different. You know, people work differently. Um, if you want people to work faster in your salon, you can't get them to, then maybe they're not right for your salon. For me, I, I, focus more on customer experience i want the customer to have a good time i don't want anybody to feel rushed and if my staff is currently happy with the amount of money that they're making then then i'm fine with them taking the time that they take to do it if they want to make more money then maybe you have to figure out how to fit things in differently it's just the reality of the business right all right um. Okay. One more question. How do you feel about no show or late fee? Um. I noticed here in Michigan that stylists are asking for a deposit. I think. I think a deposit is only necessary if somebody is a repeat offender. Um, we talked about this on splitting hairs. We even made a T-shirt about it on Free Salon Education. Uh, it says "Repeat Offender." No shows are a reality of our business. It's the same thing that um. The other day, uh, we had this crazy transaction happen on free salon education, and we lost a lot of money. It's just, it's just part of the business. Um, no shows happen in the salon. Everybody loses money. Everybody loses that time. It's part of the business. If it's happening all the time, if you have a repeat offender, then yes, I think they should have a deposit. I also don't think they should be allowed to rebook. Um, they should call uh, the day before they're looking to get in, um, and if we have an opening, we take them. But I think you have to be really you have to really put your foot down with people that are no showing on you because it it doesn't get better um, and really it's not worth them being a client of yours if that's the the thing anyways. So I wouldn't um, <coughs> I think you're gonna lose a lot of clients if you decide uh, I'm gonna do a deposit on everybody. I think that's silly because most people do not do what uh, a few people do. So I would say, Only do a deposit on people that are repeat offenders. Um, All right, cool. Jackie's asking if we are hiring at our salon. Unfortunately, um, we just hired a couple people. Uh, Danielle started um, a few months ago. She's going full-time in April. Um, We got Carly. She's starting uh, assisting in... Uh, she started assisting this week and she's going to be assisting and then going full-time in June. So, uh, we just hired a couple of people and I don't like to hire uh, our goal, me, Christina and I, um, is not to ever hire. We hire people based on relationship. So, um, we're always looking, but we're not, there we go. We're always looking, but we're not, uh, we're not hiring at this current moment, but definitely, um, you know, that's how it starts. And being on this chat is one of those things that could, you know, eventually turn it into something when we are looking for somebody. So, all right, cool. Thank you guys for being a part of today's podcast. Uh, hope you like the Monday live thing. Um, let me know in the comments below. I'm also excited that the chat stays up so I can kind of see what you guys are saying. It's very hard to follow it. Uh, while you're talking and all that. So hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you want, uh, if you're on iTunes listening to this, if you want to join me live, join me live on Mondays. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to us on iTunes as well because I have a lot more podcasts that are out all the time. Thank you guys, and I will see you soon. Thanks.